Hey, what is up, everybody, and welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for students looking to get ahead and be more productive, but a terrible place to come if you are looking for neutral milk hotel covers, especially those played on the kazoo. I guarantee you we will never, ever play a neutral milk hotel cover on the kazoo. Any other instrument is fair game. That's fair. But I've never listened to a Neutral Milk Hotel song, so... Oh, I've got a few in my head right now, and I'm thinking of one. It could work with Kazoo. Are they... That, that'll work. I said never. That'd work. We, we, can't, we can't do it. <laughs> it's not, true. This is not a good place I for that, but I think kazoo. that... And even if I did, and even I'll if get I that, played that, I don't think I'd I'll get that video. Here. I'm going to put it on on my own YouTube channel. <laughs> You're just going to have a Bard Baby YouTube called, channel with nothing but Kazoo covers? Called Existence is Arbitrary, and so is this channel. <laughs> That's actually... That, that seems like the kind of channel name that would get a lot of subscribers. Yeah. Like, ironic subscribers, but subscribers nonetheless. <sighs> Well, okay. Yep. Hi, everybody. My name is Thomas, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Andrew. Oh, my gosh. Not Andrew. Hi, I'm Andrew. <laughs> You're now Andrew. <laughs> my good friend, Martin. Oh, my God. I've been doing podcasts for I would long. like to go to the bank, where I will withdraw from my own account. <laughs> my name is Andrew. <laughs> my name is Andrew. Please give me all the Please money. Please view this podcast as a verification of my identity. I would say that a podcast is I've, legitimate enough. I left my ID at home, but I do have this podcast where... He does say that. Look, this guy me. says that I'm Andrew, so... I trust him. Yeah. I bet you you could social engineer somebody in the world with that. I mean, not, not everyone. social engineering is frightfully possible. That's true. It, yeah, I mean, honestly, like... I don't when, want to think about it too hard. I'm going to get security scared. security systems fail, it's usually a social engineering yeah, it's, thing. It's, it's people. Like, it's... I don't know. It's pretty easy to salt a password. That's how the robots will stop humanity, because they're going to be like, well, I have two-factor authentication... You can't, like, we got our stuff together. You guys are the idiots using the same password for everything. Hacked into your stuff in four seconds. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Robots um, are just more responsible. Weekly PSA, don't have the same password in your accounts because I know that some of you still do, Jake. Yeah. Fix your passwords. Very specific, Jake. Very The one Jake. If you're thinking, my name is Jake, but he couldn't be talking about me. No, it's you. It is. I'm specifically talking about you. (laughs) 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 All right, what are we talking about this week? Uh, well, <laughs> we're talking about the fact that, for reasons that will be explained, I quit playing games for like a month. I made a specific goal to stop playing video games, and I am, by the time this is out, going to hit the month. I'm like two days away from a month right now. and Like zero video games. No video games. I did not even a phone game. Okay. Not even for a second. Just nothing. I unhooked everything from my TV, put it in another room. It's in a box right now. So some people listening to this are like, big whoop, I never play video games. Yes. But there's going to be a certain segment of the audience that's like, wait, you didn't die? Yeah. Like, that's possible? Yes. And uh, I found it, I have found it thus far to be a useful experience, Mm -hmm. and I'm glad I did it, even though I love video games. Hmm. So. I've been the opposite of you (laughs) for the past month. Yeah. Over the past month, I think I've put about 34 hours in the Don't Starve Together. Well, so, you didn't starve for 34 hours. So you got to keep going. Well, no, I've starved. Actually, I, I have never dived, died from starving in that game. Oh, okay. I will say that. And in That's fact, good. I think it's pretty easy to not starve. You usually die from something else. Usually, I die because I'm trying to fight something and I get overconfident. This is just like real life. <laughs> I could starve, but I'm probably going to die some other way. That's true. Yeah. Most of us will not die by starving. We'll probably die by some complication of eating too much. Whoops. Whoopsie. 
poopsie. Uh, all right, so you haven't played video games for a month. Yep. What benefits have you discovered from this? Because, I mean, have you ever gone a full month without gaming before? I tried to slow down my gaming a couple times, and then I didn't. And you played Celeste and beat all the then, seasides? Yeah, then I beat all the seasides, and that game is great. But I th- I've probably gone a month without playing video games before. But it's never been like a deliberate, like, I'm going to put my games away. It's just been like a, I'm into other things at the moment Yeah. thing. Well, this this came as a result of video games becoming sort of the default time mm. use of my time. It just immediately, if I come ac- across free time, it would be games. So I wouldn't, like, I'd skip meals. I wasn't, because I'd be like, cooking takes forever. Yeah. Or... Video games are really, really good at being like, oh, well, okay, I've got plenty of time tonight. I'm going to play some games. Then I'm going to do this. But then the games accidentally become everything because I'm like, but, well, I mean, in Skyrim, there's always another task. There's always something to do. Always. And you're like, well, if I just played another five minutes, I could could do that one. Yep. And then it, it became such a time sink that I was not progressing in basically anything that I wanted. And I've talked about this before, but out of all of my hobbies and skills and things I like to do, video games are the basically the one thing that does not have any effect whatsoever on my self-esteem or confidence. Mm. So if I'm feeling bad about myself or I don't – and, you know, I'm not I'm like going through a little depressed period or something like that, video games, while they do seem the obvious comfort, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll help do that. They'll help push it off. But out of – all of the things I could do, they're the one that also does nothing to fix the problem. So as a sort of quote-unquote cure for being depressed or being a little bit down, it's more yeah, of like or like, or like overwhelmed. Or like cover your eyes and <clears throat> plug your ears. And yeah, you're liter- it's escapism. You're going to another world yeah. generally. And I was using it. I feel too much for that. I guess that makes sense. Whereas if I had been reading, I feel good about myself when reading. It's more intellectually stimulating. Yeah. It helps make me think and get inspired about other things. And then obviously any amount of web projects or skills I could be working on, all of those increase my self-worth to me. Mm. And video games just don't. If I beat 100 games in a month, I still won't care about myself if I didn't already. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's, the same way for me. I feel no self-esteem. Like I beat all the Celeste Seasides and I feel that it was fun. Yeah. But I do not feel that that means anything useful about me as a person. Mm-hmm. Even getting good at multiplayer games doesn't make me feel great. Like back when we were in college, I got pretty good at fighting games. And like, yeah, I can beat people in fighting games, but that doesn't make me feel any better about myself. And you have to stay on top of it or else you can't. That's true. So or you else, it's like a consistent. Or else your friends get just as good as you and then you get bored because you can no longer beat them every single time. Yeah. So. Clyde. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, you asked about, so, benefits. So far, and especially during the first week or two, I was actually very surprised at Mm -hmm. how much free time I have in the evenings. Oh, yeah. I was like, it's only been an hour? How have I done this many things? Because video games can take all of them. You just suck up so much time. And it's one thing. Yeah. But I I would like clean a bunch of stuff, get some ideas for a project, go for a walk, and then mm-hmm. I'd just come back and I'd be like, I still have like three hours tonight. What am I supposed to even do with those? Yeah. I don't have any idea what's going on. And that was an incredible feeling because I've often felt like I had no time. Mm-hmm. I feel overwhelmed. I, I don't have enough time to work on my projects. I don't have enough time for anything. And so the first thing I noticed was that my evenings lasted forever. Okay. 
And does it still seem like that, or has it sort of normalized? And they, well, again, I just seen... got back from Seattle, That's so true, I do not have a normal anything at the moment. But maybe before you left, because it still had been yeah twenty odd. Days. No, I'm still able to do. I can do several of my interests and still make time to eat a meal. Okay. And I didn't really think that that was possible before. I'd exaggerate how long everything took. So I'd be like, yeah. I can't cook. I don't have three hours. Yeah. That doesn't, it doesn't take three hours. It's just, I would usually lose all that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess they just, they sort of become like the default thing. And yeah. Maybe your brain even has like an expectation that like I do that at night. And if I didn't, if I don't do that, then I haven't like relaxed tonight. Yeah. Like I'm know? trying to force relaxation. In fact, at one uh, misguided point in my life, I did have a to-do to play games every day. <laughs> I remember that. Because I was trying to beat an, a certain amount of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've also noticed the urge to play games has started to disappear. I still love okay. video games, and yeah. I'm not done playing them for, like, life or something. I'm not quitting. But it's sort of like an addiction almost because yeah. when I, when you're using it for escapism in that way and and you, you build such a habit off of it, it becomes like an addiction and I don't think of it first when I have free time. Mm. So where my Switch was hooked up, my Kindle is sitting, and I just pick it up and read more, more than, yeah. my, more than my little habit system tells me to. Mm. I'll just – I'll read that, and then I'll come back later and read twice as long just because I have yeah. time now and I thought to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what? So this is making me think um, – like the house we're moving to in a couple of weeks is – much bigger than this apartment. Yeah. And uh, so there's like a basement and like the Iowa house, it's like a, it's a finished basement. So it's kind of like the obvious place for entertainment center, like video game, movie watching area. Yeah. It seems like, it seems like you have to have that kind of a thing and it goes in a certain place that feels spiritually right. Yes. And I'm honestly very excited to build that. Like the nerd in me has always wanted like a big, like, with tons of seating, big screen TV, like a video game area. But the one sort of stress point that I've had in the back of my head is the, like right now, because we live in a small apartment, the kitchen's right there, right by the living room. Like if I'm making dinner or Anna's working on a project, like another person could be in the living room playing a game and like we're all just kind of together. And I'm like, dang, I'm going to lose that unless I also have like another setup upstairs in like the pseudo-ish living room yeah. that's like in the kitchen area. But what you just said maybe kind of like change my perspective on that because you're saying like video games or TV, I guess in, in some other people's cases, they're like the default. Like yeah. someone's going to be there. If they're hanging out, they're probably going to be playing video games. If And I think like the whole act of putting all the games and TV stuff in the basement gives us the opportunity to make the living room just something different. Like maybe just a couple of chairs and like a bookshelf or a Kindle sitting yeah. there or, um, you know, there's a table with board games or whatever, or like maybe up at the piano there. So there's just, there isn't the option to use a TV there. Yeah, actually that's, so I used to stay at uh, my friend's grandparents' place back in high school a lot. Mm-hmm. And they had this second little living room like area with no TV or anything in it. Just had ni- nice natural light coming in, just some couches that was my favorite room. I just yep. wanted to go like chill in there and there was nothing to steal my attention. It's a good place to think. Yeah. I guess like, yeah, the default mode is that people build their living spaces around the TV. Yeah. You know? And I 
I don't really understand why we do it, but it just has kind of been the pattern of like you have the living or family room and there's a TV there and like you orient the couch towards that because it makes sense. But yeah, I guess like having this bigger space is going to give us the opportunity to have like the TV kind of off in like a corner of the house where you have to very deliberately go down there to use it. Yeah. Well, you could have like, it could be centered four different chairs facing each other toward a table in the center. Now it's centered around board games Mm -hmm. or, or something or conversation. Yeah. Rather than everybody kind of ignore each other and look yeah. look this way. Yeah, it's true. Hmm. That that's giving me ideas. Yeah. Basically, so a lot of this is the twenty second rule. Yeah. The twenty second rule for me was immediately look a game, let's play it. Mm-hmm. I'm free. Right. And I'm trying to take it farther away than even putting my screen in front of it. Mm -hmm. Because it it wasn't that it was distracting me while working. It was just that all of my free time now became that. And I have other interests I want to do. So, and since then, I've been reading more voluntarily. I've been playing more piano. Mm -hmm. I've been getting more work done in the sense that I get really into some programming tasks. And then I will just choose to do them after hours. Like, I just want to. So I'm getting more stuff done. I've been cooking more, spending more time with Ashley. We've done several events. And I actually started a new hobby that I don't know how far it's going to go, but I was just like, I kind of want to mess around with this. So I installed Unity and I went through some tutorials and I just been like messing around with game dev nonsense and watching videos. And and then I have some little piano things that would make decent video game songs. And I was like, well, this is fun. And I just kind of sat there absorbed and learning something completely new Mm -hmm. for like hours. Nothing prompting me to do it. And I feel this is maybe uh, an important sticking point for anybody anybody listening because when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a game developer. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people want to be a game developer if they like video games. And ironically, playing the video games all the time keeps them from doing the work that might this be needed to turn – like I had thought this was interesting for years <laughs> and never before was I like, I have time to sit down and learn some – something I have know nothing about. Yeah. And I just felt like it. Yeah, and that's very true. I was like, that sounds cool. And then I just did it, you know, as opposed to saying, I'll work on that sometime this year. I was just like, why not install it now? I have several hours. I'll just mess around immediately. Instant gratification on a new hobby. That's interesting. Okay. Did you go like get the Udemy course on it or would you? I haven't done that yet. I've done, they have some tutorials that you, that you can like download from them. Mm -hmm. I haven't done the Udemy one yet. I uh, started going through a YouTube one right before leaving for Seattle, Mm -hmm. just because I've been looking into a bunch of stuff. And I don't know if I'll do anything significant with it, but it was a brand new interest and I love going into something and knowing nothing. Yeah. You know, because I mean, I know know how programming works, Mm -hmm. but I don't know how it comes together very well to do all this stuff. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, I'm a novice here and that makes it interesting to me. I like (laughs) being a novice sometimes. So so next week's episode is going to be about uh, where my brain has been for the past week, which is being frustrated with note-taking apps. There was a... A brief moment where I was like, "What if? What if I just built my own?" Yeah, because <laughs> I, I kind of almost know the steps. Like, I know what Electron is, and I know there are like currently open source Markdown editors that are really good. Like, there's one called Mark Text that's just it's a super nice Markdown editor. It just lacks a good note taking infrastructure for like UI. It just it's basically like Byword. Hmm. Or I would say it's more like Sublime Text or Atom, where you can you can open up a folder in the file browser, but it's like it doesn't nicely nest them and doesn't okay. like re- it doesn't have it open all the time. And there's not mobile apps, 
So it would obviously be a huge project, but I'm just like, oh, man, I now know. I know everything I would need to feasibly do this. It would just take forever. Yeah. I don't know. But, hey, you're learning Unity. You can learn uh, Electron, right? Sure. <laughs> well, cool. Let's just build our own note-taking app. All right. <laughs> so somebody on Twitter was like, why don't you just build it yourself? I'm like, because that's all right. Uh, that's a big undertaking. I'll build it tonight. All right. But, I'll uh, whip it up in HTML. I mean, but yeah, that's cool. Like, that's something that I mean, I know what a, like one of our really good friends always wanted to be a game developer, and surprise, just, surprise, just video games, cool. like finishing video games, gets in the way. And uh, you know, we did that burnout episode, mm-hmm. and so I think this is helpful for this. I felt like I had the time to start something I was suddenly inspired by while I was still inspired by it immediately. Mm. Because when I I have a ton of projects where I've been really interested, I'll write out some big crazy document about it and I'll put it to the side and say I don't have time yet and by the time I have time that's moved on I'm not excited about it anymore yeah and it's hard to get that momentum back so Mm -hmm. I had the free time so I just started when I was excited immediately there was no I'll do this next year or a few months from now or when I magically don't have to have a job which I will like I'm always going to lack some free time Mm -hmm. something has to be cut and the, I'm not going to wait till retirement age to try building a game. That's yeah. not – why would I wait that long? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's it's been very eye-opening in that I can sort of follow passions mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. That's awesome. This week's episode of our show is brought to you by our friends over at Brilliant, who have built a great platform for improving your skills and abilities in the areas of math, science, and computer science. So if you want to get better in any of those areas, whether it be calculus or geometry or math for trading and finance, science topics like classical mechanics or gravitational physics, or computer science topics like algorithm design or even computer memory, some hardware stuff, then this is a great place to go and improve your uh, your banks of knowledge, I guess. And the great thing about Brilliant is they take a very active approach to the way they develop their courses. So instead of sitting in a class like you would in traditional education, being talked at, going through lots of introductory material, kind of being bored the entire time, Brilliant throws you into challenging problems right away. Now, the problems are really bite-sized, so they're very manageable and the scope isn't too big, so you don't feel overwhelmed, but you are going to be challenged from the get-go. And when you do inevitably find yourself stuck on a problem, they have this great wiki with tons of example problems and lots of detailed explanations of the concepts, but the key is that this wiki is sort of a side resource to the problem-based nature of their courses. So you are actively learning first and then going off and seeking more information later as it's needed. And I think this is the absolute best way to learn. Give yourself a challenge and then go dig into the documentation, get into the weeds when you find yourself needing to uh, solve a problem that you can't do right now. And because they take such an active approach to building their courses, you're gonna find yourself a lot more interested and a lot more engaged as you're taking them. But also because you're solving problems almost the entire time you're learning, you become a better problem solver overall. And when you find yourself taking harder classes in the future or going into an internship or a job, you're gonna find that your problem solving tool set, your ability to think laterally and think creatively is gonna be a huge asset for you going forward. So if you want to start learning on Brilliant for free today, you can go over to brilliant.org slash collegeinfogeek. And if you're one of the first 83 people to sign up with that link, you're going to get 20% off your annual premium subscription. Once again, brilliant.org slash collegeinfogeek. And I want to give a big thanks to Brilliant for being a huge supporter of College Info Geek. They basically sponsor every single episode of this podcast. And we're yep. 
hugely thankful for that. I'm getting a tattoo tomorrow. Um, <laughs> you're going to get a brilliant tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, honestly, I think they're building a great product. Their heads are in the right places. They are very passionate about education and pushing the envelope in that area. So definitely go check them out. Also, big thanks to Audible. Audible is the best place on the internet to get your hands on audiobooks. And if you've been listening to this show for a long time, you know that I am a huge fan of audiobooks and really just listening to learn things altogether. I mean, it's kind of why we do this podcast, right? Yeah. Listening to things can be a great way to learn new skills, get new information, especially if you are like me, a cyclist who puts in dozens of miles during the warm months, or you have a lot of chores to do around the house, or you have to cook or do whatever, ride the bus to school or to do a long drive or commute. Audiobooks are a great way to get through books, to learn new things, and to maybe cross some stuff off of your to-be-read list over on Goodreads. The great thing about Audible is they have an unmatched selection of audiobooks across a ton of different genres. They've got all the bestsellers, they've got lots of obscure stuff, and when you get their membership, you're going to get one credit each month for any audiobook in their library, plus two Audible originals you can't get anywhere else along with audio workout programs. And if you decide to cancel, every audiobook you've downloaded in the past is yours to keep forever. Now, we love to do book recommendations on these ads, and we're going to switch things up this week because I'm not sure if I've ever recommended a fiction book before, but I absolutely have to this week. Um, over Christmas time, and I hope I didn't recommend this already, but I don't think I did, we read a book, or I guess we listened to a book called Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky, I think. Is that how you pronounce Tchai- Tchaikovsky? That seems right, right enough to me. I think so. Seems um, right to my limited knowledge. This was, in terms of fiction, my favorite book that I went through last year. And the story is kind of, there's two, I guess, like big arcs of the story that eventually meet later on. Um, But I will just, I'll give a little teaser. So I love like hard sci-fi and this book was just hard enough sci-fi for me. There's like a, a new planet that the human species discovers and they decide to terraform it and they decide to release like this nanovirus that's gonna hyper accelerate the evolution of the species down on the planet. And their plan is to send apes down there to have them hyper-evolve into intelligent, like, human-like species that the humans could interact with. But that goes awry, and the virus actually gets into spiders instead. I'm surprised that that plan (laughs) went awry. (laughs) Um, And then the book is sort of about, like, them developing along in the future, like, the distant future from when that happens. And then the human race also having to leave Earth and coming to this planet. And it's, like, the last bastion of livable, inhabitable space in the entire universe they know about. So I found it fascinating the way that he logically creates this like society of intelligent spiders was just, it was so fascinating to read. And like he, he thought about how a society would develop from a different species perspective. Um, so it's, it's not like super anthropomorphized and I really appreciate it. It's like, not just spiders with ties and pants. It really isn't. No, they communicate differently. Like everything's built differently. He really took into consideration. Like, I mean, he even took into consideration that if you terraform a planet, there's no fossil fuels because there's, there aren't like, you know, a millions of billions That's, of that years. That sounds like some really good world building. Human. Yeah. The world building is fantastic. And, um, the narrator is great too. Okay. I've I've gone through a few audiobooks where I'm like the narrator's bleh, I'd rather read it, but the narrator was fantastic on this one. So, Children of Time is my recommendation. What about you? Cool. Well, I'm going to go with a nonfiction this week to balance things out. I'm going with okay. Essentialism, my very favorite nonfiction by Greg, I think McCune, but I, honestly, I'm not 100% sure. I think it's McCune. I th- I think so. Okay. But like I'm not I'm not an expert on that. But 
Sense Essentialism is my favorite nonfiction, and it's all about sort of figuring out how to pare down and find what you want to focus on in life. And I think that if you have not experienced this book, then this book may be just the thing to help you realize what are you going to do if you give up video games for a little while? What Mm. passions are most important to you that you can funnel that time into? Yeah. Yeah, that book was a great read. Yeah. I think that was a 27 or 17 Yeah, I I read that. For me? Like 20, I I think I read it in maybe 2015, maybe. Okay, so it's it's been a while for you. It's been a while, but... And I know Pat Flynn recommends that book all all the time, too. It's all about, like, distilling what do you want to focus on in life? What's important to you? Yeah. And I think that that would be a good thing to figure out if you find yourself with a bunch of extra time if you've given up something else. It's true. Sweet. So Essentialism by Greg McCune and uh, Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky if you do want a fiction recommendation. Uh, Either way... You can download one of those audiobooks for free or any audiobook of your choosing because if you go over to audible.com slash CIG, you're going to get a free audiobook download along with a 30-day trial of Audible's service. That is A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash CIG, audible.com slash CIG, or you can text CIG to 500-500 on your phone. Once again, CIG to 500-500 on your phone to get that 30-day free trial and uh, one free audiobook of your choosing. Big thanks to Audible for sponsoring this episode and just like Brilliant, being a big supporter of this podcast. And uh, let's get back into it. So I know you said in the past that you just like put your shoji screen in front of the TV. Yeah. And is that all you're doing now? Or did you like put all your consoles in a box? Or like, how did you implement that? I wanted this to be more dramatic than okay. putting up the shoji screen mm-hmm. because sometimes I do fail goals like this, like when I say things to myself like, Martin, you should probably stop eating sugar for a while. You have a terrible dessert coping mechanism problem. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll totally do that, Martin. That's a, I'll get right to it. And then, <laughs> and then I immediately, immediately eat something stupid. But so this was like so, the grand So this time I was like, I want a thing. grand gesture. I unhooked everything. Yeah. I packed up every video game and console into a plastic bin in the closet mm-hmm. where it's very inconvenient to get to it right now. And I was like, I put down a little goal. I will not play games again until February 1st at least. Mm. So okay. I just took them all away. Under my TV, it's got this little six cube grid thing. Because you're using one of those cube organizer things. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, that's my good. entertainment system or center basically. And... In the middle slot, the middle top slot where the switch was, it's just the Kindle. The rest are empty. Mm. So it's just nothing there is telling me what to do other than reading, which I wanted to do more anyway. You just put a bunch of weapons in the other one. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like all right, <laughs> like a bunch of weapons and then the Kindle. <laughs> That's fair. Well, wor- cool. Words are weapons. That's true. It yeah, makes the pen is mightier sense. than the sword, so every time you pick and up And imagine the, how many words Kindle. I can hold in this Kindle. Quite a That's lot of true. words. I've kind of been tempted to buy a Kindle. I love my Kindle. So I have my iPad mini that I can read on, which is the thing that mainly keeps me from buying a Kindle because I'm just like, I've got the iPad. That's fair. But um, I feel like the Kindle makes it easier to like read outside, which is nice when yeah. it's warm. Well, I, fo- I feel like I focus better on reading when I'm not reading. So even on my laptop, mm-hmm. if I'm reading a really long article, like that burnout article, I sent it to my Kindle using the Amazon Chrome extension. Oh, because I nice. focus better with the like e-ink screen. Yeah, it's easier to focus on because it's not so shiny and glary. Mm-hmm. It's very separated from everything else. It's yeah. not like oh, well, let me just check my email right here while I'm in the middle of the article. Mm-hmm. It's a it's like a unitasker huh. for reading, and I like that. But so you've done Kindle, you've done game dev, 
are you going to extend this? Um, extend the no playing games thing? Yeah, because like it seems like you're getting into some pretty cool stuff. Well, honestly, more. I feel some of that motivation and inspiration and excitement that I had in college, and I've missed mm. it for a long time. And back then, I felt like I could do anything. You know, like I yeah. get excited about something, I'm going to do something with it. Yeah. But in recent years, it's been like, I don't believe you, Martin. You're not going to do something with it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to feel like I do have the freedom to pursue something cool, and that's really exciting. So I don't want to hook everything back up by default. Um, my idea here is, I'm since I'm not quitting games, I'm going to play any new Pokemon or Animal Crossing or Zelda or the occasional indie game. I like video games, yeah. and I don't want to quit them forever. So when one of those games comes out, I'm going to go into wherever I've got my games. They're not going to be stored in the same room as the TV, like, ever. And then I will grab my Switch, bring it out, hook it up to the TV temporarily, and when I beat that game, I will unhook everything again and put it back in the other room in a storage container. So it's kind of like woodworking. I got into woodworking to build the ring box for proposing, and the woodworking, all the tools and stuff... They're sitting in the other room by themselves, and I don't get sort of guilted or automatically tricked into spending all my time woodworking, Yeah. and I don't care about it. When I want to do a woodworking project, I'll bring it back out, then I'll use it, and then I'll put it back, and I'll say, this is not a default part of my life. I don't right. need it every single day, yeah. and that's how I want to feel about video games. Yeah. Like, I want to read every single day. Mm-hmm. I would like that to be a default part of my life. I do not want video games to be the automatic use because they're such a time sink that if I'm doing it on accident, and that's really why I started, because I was playing through, I didn't go home for Christmas or anything. Mm-hmm. So I was playing through Rhyme and Super Mario World, and, you know, they, they were both great. But I found myself getting annoyed every time I would hit, hit a setback or, or die in a level because I was impatient to get to yeah. the end. Because Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out, and I believe will be out by the time this comes out. And I was like, but I'm two Kingdom Hearts games behind. So that's like, <laughs> I've got to beat these two, two games because I'm in the middle of them. And then I've got those two Kingdom Hearts. That's like 60 plus hours probably. And I need to beat that in the next three weeks so that I could catch up to yeah. play Kingdom Hearts 3. And then I was just like, why am I? That's a lot of hours. <laughs> that's a lot of hours. Like seriously, <laughs> imagine any single passion or project what could you do in 60 hours in a few weeks? That is yeah. that is immense. Yep. And I was almost just going to make myself do it like a chore to get through some Kingdom Hearts games in time. Yeah. But I could make very significant progress in almost anything I can think of with yeah. 60 hours of focused effort. Yeah, absolutely. I can't think of something where the entry point takes longer than that. That's absurd. The first 20 hours, you know, that book and everything is already good enough to get you decent. Yep. What could 60 hours of Japanese or time. game dev or reading? I could read like every book on my shelf probably. Yep. Or at least all the Vonnegut ones I've been putting off. And it was just like imagine the possibilities of all that time now. And then I was I would, I spent I stayed up a little late that night. I beat both Rhyme and Super Mario World and I said there it is. It's a clean break. Mm-hmm. I will not start a new game now because yeah. I'm done for a little bit. Yeah. I'm a uh, I'm a little distracted right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's going to come across in the podcast. So I'm just going to like say it. Um, like I've been thinking about note taking apps. All yeah. Day. You're a nerd. Uh, I mean like we, you specifically you saying that you started getting into unity and game dev like earlier this morning, I was like, I could, I could maybe 
make a note-taking app. And, like, I, I dismissed it because it's, I don't know, it's a hard project. There's it's a like lot a, to it's it. It's big. It's a time sink. But then you said that, and I was like, well, that actually sounds kind of interesting. And, like, I have resources. Well, it, like, I, I could actually hire Like, what's somebody. the worst that could happen? You've entertained yourself with a challenge? Yeah. Like, I feel like we operate on, on so much of a, I have things to lose now. So I need to spend all yeah. of my time doing nothing but maintaining and worrying about this thing. And there's no time for exploration. Mm-hmm. And without the exploration, your passion dies. And then everything dies later. So you're really not protecting the one thing that you already have by killing your passion off slowly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you won't be able to do anything. Uh, okay, so yeah, just uh, I want to throw that out there for people who are like, mm, Tom looks really dis- distracted on this episode of the podcast. Yeah. Um, I have a brain worm going on. And the next episode we're going to do is kind of all about this. So yeah. I, I think it's going to actually That's when we get, change the, we get some tweezers and we try to pull out that brain worm and see what it looks like. Yeah, and the cool thing is like if I made a note-taking app, there's like I'm not afraid that people are going to copy my ideas because my idea is just to do what nobody else has done yet and that I've been like clamoring for someone to do. Just like a specific Be combination change you want to see in the world. I think, yeah, you're right. All right, I think we need to like move on to the next episode very quickly. But before we do that, I mean, this is still an episode. We've talked about what this has done for you. I want to focus on people who might be struggling with video game addiction. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in this position, but what do you suggest for people who are like, I want to quit games. I want to gain all this time that you have. I want to gain this sort of excitement back, but I just keep defaulting back to my games and I can't make myself stop. Yeah, so actually there's this resource, this YouTube channel and a website, GameQuitters.com, that I had actually seen quite a few of um, his videos. And I had watched quite a few of them months ago, only to, (laughs) you know, I didn't didn't get anywhere. So, you know, if if you do try to, like, stop games for a little bit and you fail, it's okay. I already did that. I already tried and failed. And then months later was like, you know what, I really want that 60 hours for something else. But that right there might be useful. Because I feel like a lot of people are like, well, Martin did it so easily, and I failed. No, I didn't. I failed. (laughs) (laughs) I failed, and then I did all the Seasides and Celeste, and I was almost going to make myself beat two Kingdom Hearts as a chore. Yeah. And that's... Which I was going to say... It shouldn't be a chore. um, You should just watch the cutscenes on YouTube and just... That's probably <laughs> what I'll do at this point. I do remember you saying like, oh, I got to play the first two before third. It comes feels up. like wrong like, to me. That, that feels as, like an obligation. Like, yeah. You don't actually want to play them. There's a lot of grinding in those games. Yeah, I don't like, <laughs> I don't want games to be a chore just because I consider myself like a gamer or at least was. Yeah. And I love video games and I won't stop them. I just want them to be intentional. Live life with intent, not by default. Yeah. Yeah. You exactly. know? Uh, so Game Quitters is a cool resource. It's got some stuff. Um, they tend to recommend a 90-day detox. I have yet to see if I care to extend it to 90 days because, mm. honestly, I think the excitement I'm getting from the other projects might just keep me from falling back into it by default. Mm. I've wanted this feeling for a long time. Yeah. Um, and if you lack other things you're interested in or that you know about, Game Quitters has a really cool tool. It's... Um, their hobby tool. It's pretty easily accessible in the menu. Otherwise, it's just gamequitters.com slash hobby dash tool and in our show notes. And you can click like low cost, at home, social, and like a bunch of buttons and it'll filter out through really? this list of hobbies that you can use that are not video games. That's now, I, really cool actually. Now, I'm not act- – I don't think game dev will probably show up because I could see how if you have a full-on <laughs> addiction, that may not be a good idea because you it'd be maybe it'd be too soon. 
but it's like Maybe. a hot, cool hobby filter. I think like if that's the thing you've always wanted to do, like no, I think if that's a big motivator, because yeah. yeah, you might be like, well, Martin said, uh, you know, game addiction or game dev is probably not the right one for me if I'm addicted to games and like I'm just gonna keep playing games. Like no, if if you have a poll for that one. Like, oh yeah, go just for it, just dude. make sure you really have a pull for that one. Yeah. I'm just saying it may not show up in their filtered system, and yeah. I could see why they wouldn't want it in their filtered system. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was just—I mean, I just sunk hours into Unity nonsense. Barely, it doesn't even look like I've accomplished anything. But I was having fun the whole time, and that's when—that's what counts. And now I kind of understand more of how stuff works. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting ideas for like, what if I made an indie game? Yeah. I could do this, and then I could write all the music on my piano. Uh, yeah. Actually, I've already got three or four like medleys that would work really well together. Mm-hmm. And then I thought of this really cool gameplay idea with a potential story. Like the ideas just started coming in because I gave my brain the time to think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I feel like I have too many hobbies I want to do. <laughs> yes, that <laughs> I is. I struggle with this. That is, I have been, like, I've been struggling with that I very recently. Better. I want to go back into like hardcore figure skating training, but I also want to learn piano. I want to learn guitar. And yeah. I I've been, I've been working on that the last and few I want days. I learn music production. And now I want to build a note-taking app. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to balance that is a whole extra challenge. That's true. It's tough. But, yep. Yeah. I guess the moral of this story is I thought that I didn't have any time. And it turns out it. that I was lying to myself. <laughs> the evenings last forever, and I have more time to spend with people and my yeah. projects and things now. Or what are your default assumptions? Like... This is something that we talked about kind of last episode with, like, people assume, like, oh, if I own a house, I can do whatever I want with it. If I rent, I can do nothing. Like, people get locked into these patterns of thinking. It's like, yeah, what in your schedule right now have you just assumed is immovable? Yeah. Maybe maybe it's video game time. Maybe it's even cooking. Like, got a passion you want to do? All right, subscribe to uh, Freshly for, like, six months and just eat their microwave meals. They're good, you know? Yeah. Or, I don't know, like sell off a bunch of your stuff so you have to clean less and i assumed i had to buy every cool game when it came out and play it when it came out and Mm -hmm. now i'm just like i mean the story of kingdom hearts is already convoluted nonsense am i really going to be mad if i play kingdom hearts 3 late yeah i'm playing it primarily for the gameplay the convoluted nonsense is amusing but it's how are you going to spoil me on that all of it just seems like they spammed keywords if you were to spoil something for me you'd be like Sora's secretly a, and just some made up word and I'd be like that means nothing to me so it's not a spoiler I think he's the Monado what yeah <laughs> amazing <laughs> you the Monado boy yeah <laughs> oh it's from Xenoblade it's like I assume yeah I assumed I had to play it immediately and that assumption yeah. just doesn't hold up mm-hmm. my, my main interaction with video games right now is just listening to the music well they do have some pretty pretty good soundtracks video game music's great did you tell me that you said that you don't know if, if Gris is pronounced Gris or Gree. Or, or I don't know what language they're going for, so oh, okay. it could be. I always have that problem. I'm like, this looks like it could be several different options. They could just be English or Spanish or French. Yeah. They both, they mean something and whatever. G-R-I-S. Go listen to the entire soundtrack. It's like the best study music. I, I'm, I really want to put the whole thing on my Spotify study playlist. Yeah. It, it like harms my um, need for the playlist to be like well curated and like diverse and everything. But I've already put four songs from it on the playlist. They're really? In a row. Yep. So I'm just, I'm just letting my structure break down there. I I've refrained from playing a bunch of them point. on, um, yeah, I don't even know if I'm going to play it, but just the soundtrack is amazing. I like short indie games. Well, I think it's short. If you like short I indie actually... games, then I don't know how much you want to play Hollow Knight. 
Because that, that, I spent 60 hours That, in that depends game. on my mood. I like the short ones because, like, I can get through it. it it's yeah. not a 30-hour, mm-hmm. this is my life for a while kind of a thing. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So game quitters, find new hobbies. There's some stuff in there. Yep. Okay. Um, well, people know what I want to talk about right now. So uh, we'll see you next Monday when you're going to hear me talk a lot about note-taking apps because that's what I want to talk about right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what is this? Two forty nine. Yep. Two forty nine. Hey, two fifty. That's a quarter. Ooh. Thousand. One thousand podcast episodes. One hundred years. Rick and Morty. All the adventures. Anyway, cigpodcast.com slash two forty nine is where you can find the show notes for this episode, where you will find a link to Game Quitters, maybe the Unity stuff that you're checking out. Yeah. Right now, we could throw that up there. Yeah, I can link to that. Some pretty cool stuff. Um, otherwise, I don't think there's going to be a whole ton of other links that we need to put in the show notes. Maybe we can put a link to our video about your old office setup because they can at least see the show screen you were using and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Because you, you, you had a nice division between gaming and work area back yeah, in the Yeah, it did keep me working. It's just mm-hmm. that after work, I'd take the screen down and then... Yep. <laughs> uh, cool. So you can go there. Once again, cigpodcast.com slash 249. You can also go over to collegeinfogeek.com slash resources if you want to find our favorite apps, tools, gear, book recommendations, our dorm packing checklist, our ultimate study music playlist, all kinds of cool resource pages that we have set up can be accessed directly from there. I did notice that there are buttons at the bottom now that can zoom you to the other pages, uh, yes. which is pretty cool. I wonder if there's like a more elegant way. Oh, yes. That was my placeholder while I built the other thing that I didn't have time for at the oh, time. Oh, you have like a cool one that you're that you're developing. I wonder if there's like some like some like navigation bar that we can develop where it's like you can switch between resources and then also the the sorting. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to do something better and then I was like, I want there to be something. So just. Yeah. Well, there's cool stuff. Minimum viable yeah. product. Yeah, MVP. That's what we got to do. I mean, that's kind of what we tried to do with the website. Yeah. And then we just were tacking stuff on as we can, trying to keep it from being too bloaty. Um, if you want to support this show, Apple Podcasts or iTunes on your desktop computer, there's a whole podcast marketplace. And on there, you can write us a review and give us a five-star rating if you like the show. That helps us move up the ranking charts, gets the show out to more people. Or if you want to just help spread the word via word of mouth, you can tell a friend of yours which your favorite episode. They can go listen to it. Obviously, they'll love it because your taste is great and then they'll become a listener as well. So thank you for all the support. Thank you for simply being a listener and uh, we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you.